Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you know the drill. Between the two of us, we have a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest, but what you should know by now, knuckleheads, so if you want to get involved with the show over the next 120 minutes, you can find us on the .com. I'm talking about the Twitter.com, of course, at Wesley Euler at the Body 52 The Body. Arthur Motes, it's Thursday. That means we're ready to talk about the brands. Them brownies. The brands. Them fall one brownies. Now, little transparency here. Uh-huh. I got a busy night and morning tomorrow, okay? Mm, okay, okay. So I started doing some prep work this morning already for I tomorrow. I like your style. Got a couple verses written for the Here We Go song. Already. I'm feeling really good. So you got good. that ether I mean, you about to give us, huh? I'm, feeling, I'm feeling really good about tomorrow. Uh, but today, Arthur Motes, as it is on the program. Drop the purple tape. I love it, man. Let's the, do it. The first day that we start to turn the page, Brands, Steelers, Heinz Field, and this is weird. Just because, I mean, <laughs> I'm 29 years old. You are? This game's only mattered a few times in my life. I mean, it's... It, no, very true, man. Like, this was the... Yeah, you know, I'll... Okay, I can, you know, run some errands during the game if I need to, you know, when I'm in college or whatever. I can... Or, you know, maybe not... That's the wrong way to put it. Not run some errands. Because I'm never running some errands during the game. But this is one of those, okay, I don't have to watch it by myself in right. silence. Okay, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go to the sports bar or whatever to watch. Okay, it's Steelers-Browns. I mean, big deal, you know? And, and maybe I don't need to wear my special jersey or have my terrible towel hanging out of my back pocket in just the perfect way. Uh, I think in the last two decades, right, like 17-4-1 are the Steelers, something like say, that in this honestly, matchup, or since me, 99, I think. And this is going to be included in this game right here. It's probably only been three games against the Browns that I can remember since 14 that really – had ramifications like this. So we know this one is big because mm-hmm. of the division standings, both records, 4-0, 4-1. I think back to this would have been 2015 on the road in Cleveland having to beat them, but scoreboard watch to see if the Bills <laughs> were going to beat the Jets. Yep. That one was another huge one. And then obviously in 2014, the second time we played them in Cleveland where they ended up whacking us, those were the three times where I was like, man, it really had significance or really had some type of meaning to it. The right. other times were – are they going to go on 16 for the whole season? Uh, are they going to go 1 and 15? Like, <laughs> what, are we, what are they doing here? You They've know? only won at Heinz Field one time. Yeah. Once. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Funny thing is this, though. No, go ahead. Even though when you look at the series record, especially as it pertains to Big Ben playing in those games, mm-hmm. you would think because of how dominant his win-loss record is against them, that it would be a lot more blowouts. Hmm. We haven't been some seen, tight games. It's been some very tight yeah. games, some overtime games. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about since 2014, how many games have been either one score or overtime. And I know some or a of the tie. Right. And I know, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I forgot about the tie. <laughs> so you got the tie in what, 2018? Yep. Went overtime in 16 with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. Was there one more overtime game in no, the last the, the, five or six years? In 2014, years? the uh, opening, opening game. 
at Heinz Field, the one where AB like jumps and kicks the guy in the face. That was another. <laughs> what, that this was a one score game. Like Sparta. Like you look at how many of those games though are within one score. Typically, if a team is like dominated a series that long. Usually you got some blowouts in there. It's like right. some not close games. Like but, Ohio State, Michigan. Right, right. <laughs> but that's not the case here. We've seen every time, man, it's like you know the ending of it, but the story in in between changes. It's kind of like watching a, one of those big budget action movies, right? Like a, a Avengers. You know at the end the Avengers are going to win. But it gets real gory in there sometimes. Like, oh, Lord, what is happening here? Like, it's like, I, I know I know we're going to win because we got Iron Man. We got Big Ben. All right, cool. We know the ending. But why does it got to look like this during the process? Like, we got to lose Black Panther in the, in the movie to get to Iron Man winning. Like, <laughs> I got to suffer through an overtime draw, a tie, for, for us to continue this streak, though, of it's never like, losing. Like, it's crazy. It's like, I know Batman's going to be victorious, <laughs> but do I have to watch the Joker throw poor Rachel out of like, a window like, first? Jeez, I, mean? I didn't want to see that. Like, let me get to the happy part of this thing, man. It's the truth, though. No, that's a great that's a great analogy. It really is. So let me ask you this as it relates to to that kind of conversation, because I think you've been on both ends of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I have <laughs> in in and I'm I'm using rivalry games in air quotes because I know some people will say, "Oh, the Browns aren't a rival." I, I would disagree, but again, mm-hmm. whatever. In rivalry games, um, you played for the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Where not to rehash any painful memories. But See, I'll say this now, too. You guys didn't have the most success right. against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, you don't have to say without to bring up old memories. <laughs> See, if I only experienced that side of That's it, true. it would be different. That's true. But I've been on the other but side now, as well. You, so you so also I, played, pre- you I have also played for the Steelers yeah. where the Browns were the little brother Absolutely. and you beat up on those guys. What's that dynamic like when you're maybe when you're on the Browns side, but you really feel like you have a chance? You feel like you're legit. You're four and one, right? Mm-hmm. Like. A lot of people have been saying, okay, this is the Browns Super Bowl. This game is much bigger for the Browns. Is that fair? I personally don't think it's fair. I I think that's a narrative thing, though, in terms of, oh, this is their Super Bowl. This is what they want. I can tell you firsthand, when I played in Buffalo, we knew when it was Patriots week how big of a game that was. And we understood the history surrounding it and things like that. But we didn't, in terms of our preparation, it didn't feel as if this game meant so much more than any of the other games. Hmm. Did it hold very, very much significance in terms of how we looked at it? Sure. Absolutely. But we looked at it the same as if we were playing the Jets or the Dolphins. Like, that division rivalry is real. It, it, and the reason, I think, at the NFL level, why the division rivalries are still a thing and how they're still important is because you're playing them twice a year consistently. Whereas with some of these other teams, you don't play them enough. So I think that that kind of goes into it in terms of why, even though we're talking about the Browns, we still still feel the same way about the Bengals, we feel the same way about the Ravens. It's just media will put more weight on it depending on how good they view a team and things like that. But ultimately, man, even, like I said, and that was from the Bills side where I was on the losing end. Even when you're on the winning side of it, though, even though you have this bravado about yourself, like, man, we already know, like, we've beaten them numerous times. We have their number. You still know it's going to be a dogfight. You don't walk in there thinking, oh, well, we got Ben and Ben is 15 and 0 or 15 and 1 against them <laughs> right. at the time. Like, They're going to roll over and right, die. Right. Like, yeah. nah, because we walked in there and at the time they were told, oh, Ben's whatever in one or whatever in two against the Browns. Under, and Mike Pettin, first year head coach there, they dropped a, a smooth 30 on us and it had us looking crazy. So when you're playing against them, you, you just know that it's going to be extra heated. 
But you do know this, and this is, I think, is the the, the difference. And I think what the media wants to get at, but they don't necessarily specify it this way. When you're on the winning side, <clears throat> you just operate with a thought process that somehow, some way is going to work out. Sure. Like, we like play you said, the, like the Avengers, absolutely. we're going to find a way. So think about the Cincinnati Bengals, for example, right? We think about during that time where the birth fix and, and everything was going back and forth, right? Even you look at how many of those games were one score or how many of those games mm-hmm. we were trailing in the second half, late in the game. The difference is when you're always on the winning side, you mentally just feel like we're going to make a play. They're going to mess up because they don't know what it's like to be in this position. We're going to make a play and we're going to win. And nine times out of ten, we did, and that was the scenario. She's here for some fumble. Antonio Brown at, at the buzzer. Yeah. Absolutely. But then you look at the flip side, right? When you're on the losing side predominantly, when we were in Buffalo, even if we would have a lead on the pages, which we did numerous times, we still had that, oh, I'm looking over my shoulder. Like you don't you don't walk with the same level of confidence because you just haven't done it. And you can't get the <laughs> confidence and belief in yourself if you don't do it multiple times. So the one time we did beat them out of the eight, what I don't even know how many times we played. What's let's see, what's up there? Four years played them twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So out of the eight <laughs> times I played Quick them, math. right? Eight times I played and we won one. And the one time we did win, it still shocked us. We were like, oh wow, we really didn't we blow did this. It. And yeah. mind you, we had five turnovers. We created five turnovers, two red zone goal line stops, and we still were surprised to have won the game. <laughs> Like, just think about that. If yeah. the Patriots on the opposite end had five turnovers right. and two goal line stops, it's not even like, close. You're getting blown out. Right. And the same with the Steelers and the Browns. So that's the difference, you know what I mean, in terms of if you're on the losing end, you're always looking over your shoulder. You never feel the same level of confidence that you would feel when you've historically dominated the series. And I think that's just the biggest difference. But I don't think either side prepares any differently or says, well, this is this game is so much bigger than the other games. Hmm. It's just – it's different in that regard in my opinion yeah and I think especially at at the National Football League level right but I like what you touched on there that that's one of those things that you hear a lot that certain teams they just have to learn how to win yeah no and and that's a legit thing that is a legit thing because it when when you get into close games right teams that are are historical winners right they year in and year out they're always in the mix right we know from a personnel standpoint you have to have that, without a doubt. But when we're talking about learning how to win, we're talking about when the game is close, one-score game, you're trailing or leading, and you have to operate perfectly. You have to say the moment isn't too big. I'm not nervous about the circumstances. I'm not afraid to fail. In fact, maybe you're excited. Absolutely. This is the reason yeah. you play. For me, I love it. Wife hates it. She always <laughs> talks about, like, Y'all drive me nuts, these close games. I'm like, babe, I live for the— From the fan perspective, I get that. Yeah, I'm like, for me, as a player, I'm like, man, I would take a close game 10 times out of 10 over a blowout. Like, I hate the blowouts because they're boring. They're not fun to play in. Last weekend, right, WVU won in double overtime. Yeah, like— Epic fashion against Baylor. I didn't enjoy a second of it. Not a second. If I was playing it, man, (laughs) I I would have been living I was a stressed-out mess the whole time. But, like, for me as a player, like, you enjoy that because this is your opportunity to show how good you are. Sure. And and I look at it like this. You heard the term of a front runner. We've heard the term of people that, man, when things are going good, they want to lead the pack. They want to beat their chest. No, when it's tight, when 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 all the chips are at the table and you can have the most epic failure ever. Mm-hmm. Now let me see that bravado. Now let me see that confidence. And that's where we differ. So for us, when you're on the winning side with the Steelers, oh, you love it. You're like, bro. 
I don't care about this one score game. I don't, I, hey, in, in the words of Coach Simon, gunfighters get shot. I've been shot plenty of times, baby. What's up? Like, we're good. I'm very comfortable here. Whereas if you're not accustomed to those scenarios, you start to get a little tight. Mm-hmm. You start playing to what? Not to win. You play not to mess up not now. Not to lose. And, and now you see the difference in terms mm-hmm. of the play call and in terms of how people look and execute the routine things that you might have got away with in the first quarter looking fine throwing that, that 10 yard out. Fourth quarter is a little bit different now. It's a lot tighter now. To me, that's the biggest difference when you talk about teams that know how to win. Mm. They know because they've done it so many times. They're so comfortable in the uncomfortable that that just becomes a second home for them now. Whereas with teams that don't have that type of success long-term-wise, that, that gets real uneasy. Them, them guys get to looking around the stadium mm-hmm. like, is, is somebody going to do second. something? Hold on. You going to do something? Is, 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 can you save us today? Or, or can you save us? Coach, what's going right, on Right, right. Co- coach, call that magic play that you got. You know that perfect play that's going to help us? Whereas with you on the other hand, you're like, bro, you call whatever you want. We're going to make this work. I guarantee it. Like, it's a different mindset. It's that minutia, right? It is, though. <laughs> Arthur Boats, Wesley Euler, Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Coming up in about five minutes here, our good buddy, our good friend of the show, Brian Backo. He joins us from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette as we continue to set the tone for Stellar's Brands. Them brownies. Sunday afternoon at Heinz Field. What, before we get him on the line, mm-hmm. what's Backo's prediction going to be this week? I, you know he's going to predict the Steelers giving up a bunch of points again. 36-31 Steelers. I think you're wrong. I think you're right. He's going to hit us with it. If he had the Texans dropping 30, he's for a fact going to have the Browns dropping 30. 36. 36 and, and getting the, the Eagles win. dropping 30. Didn't he have 36 plus the win for the he Texans? Did. Yeah, people yeah. don't forget. Yeah. So he's, so, so he's going to have them at least put in 30. He's going to go 41-39 I, I, I'm telling you, he he's going to have them in the 30s. Our buddy Brian Backo from the Post-Gazette joins us on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. 1220 on a Thursday. That means some things around here. Our good friend of the show from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Brian Backo, joins us. What's happening, Batman? Living the dream. What's going on with you guys? Man, you know, enjoying life. Always good when we get a chance to talk to you, baby. I just want to say, right off the top, Wes is doing a great job with being on the air 97 hours a day. (laughs) Most, I've heard you in some of your various media obligations during the week here in Pittsburgh. And I think your insight is getting better with every time I hear you, buddy. Man, well, I definitely appreciate that. You know, it means a lot coming from you, too. <laughs> All right, let's all stop being so friendly to each other I, here. I, lo- okay? I love this friendly backup, man. I mean, he's going to drop 40 on us today. It's rivalry week. It, it's going to be, he's dropping a 40 burger. That, that That's the setup. <laughs> I can feel it right now. Oh, man, you know, you know me too well. <laughs> All right, real quick, before we completely turn the page to the to the, to the brands, Backo, you, we, we have the this meter on the show, right? I don't know if we've ever pulled this out for Backo before, but we, we, call, we call it the CCWP, right? Calm, concerned, worried, panicked. I've where, done this once or twice. Okay, where, there we go. Where are you at when it comes to the stellar defense? Uh, I would say concerned that's the second uh least right correct least worried correct yeah 
concerns are fair. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the league right now that are struggling to stop these explosive offenses. Ten teams scored 30 points in week five. and Steelers are finally won, baby. Right. Well, that might be an arbitrary figure. The Steelers did not allow 30 points. So they've got that going for them. It's just the secondary, you know, I kind of wondered coming into the year, like, are we getting a little bit ahead of ourselves proclaiming them to be uh, the best in a long time here? Because while Minka was incredible, a revelation in 2019, it was one year. It was one Pro Bowl season from him, and he's, he's only in his third season in the league. Steve Nelson, people wanted to throw up his numbers next to Stephon Gilmore, Defense Player of the Year in the, the NFL, and, and they did look good when stacked up with him. But that was the first time in his career he's been quite that stingy against opposing receivers. So I think it was fair to wonder if they could have an encore of that. And so far in 2020, that hasn't been the case. But when you're 4-0, all of those things kind of fall by the wayside, and you're just happy to be there. Yeah, man, you're absolutely right with that. Now, I guess what I wanted to know, in terms of you saying that you're not overly concerned about them, which is rightfully so, do you see a scenario where they can improve this a lot sooner than later, or do you think we're going to have to endure this for you know a couple more games? There's no magic elixir, I don't think. I mean, the, the quick fix is, is going to be tough to come by, especially this week against a team that is going to stress you in ways that aren't necessarily similar to what the Eagles were able to do as far as Carson Wentz uh, finding Travis the Goat Fulgham downfield. <laughs> the Goat? Oh, months. Lord. That's what we doing now? <laughs> uh, or the legend. Whatever you want to call it. Um, or he, number 13, as Stephen Nelson called it. He that, that went number ham, uh, in that game. He Travis Fulgham, oh, aptly named. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a week or two maybe until you see a, a team try to take shots downfield in a similar way. Really, the next three opponents for the Steelers are, are going to want to control the ball and, uh, and smack you in the mouth with their running game when you look at the Browns, Titans, and Ravens. So it's not going to be one of those deals where we have an answer after Sunday at 4.15 p.m. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm confident that when you've got studs up front like Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, edge rushers like T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, you're going to be able to get takeaways and, and keep teams from moving the ball more often than not. So that's why I'm, uh, I'm not exactly worried uh, and I'm not calm. Uh, that's where I'm coming down on the meter there. I like that. Now, transition a little bit to the Browns here. From them, man, what we've seen, I mean, obviously the first game against the Ravens wasn't so good, but then we've seen them really be able to have success, and obviously them sitting at 4-1 is a huge part of that. But from your opinion, man, what do you think is the biggest reason why they've been able to turn the corner and be successful this year? Probably complimentary football and, and being able to actually get the offense and defense on the same page. Like you said, most other than that week one debacle where it looked like, here we go again, same old Browns, they've had the lead at halftime in their other four games, and that's why they're four uh, on a four-game win streak. And it tells me that the defense and offense are, are working in unison. They're reciprocating what the other one is doing. Now, you don't want to give up nearly a 40-piece nugget to the Cowboys, but it was one of those situations where you were playing from ahead rather than having to rally back, and a win is a win at the end of the day. We just said that about the Steelers and their defense, so it's only fair to say the same about the Browns in their defense. Yeah, because and at with, one time in that game, they were up, what, 41-14, to 14, if, I, if I remember correctly. 
Yeah, yeah. You talk about bend but don't break. And they were getting <laughs> bent in a major way. Yeah. But uh, I think what Kevin Stefanski is doing there is, is pretty good schematically. Uh, you know, people who know football told me that he's going to be the guy to, that gets them right finally. And, and you see that the Vikings aren't exactly uh, scoring in the clutch when they need to, uh, when you just take a, a quick glimpse at them in the standings. So, it uh, seems like they've got it figured out a little bit, and, and we always knew that they had talent, right? You just had to find a way to uh, cobble that talent together and, and make it uh, a whole that's better, uh, a sum that's more than the sum of its parts. So uh, that's what they're doing to this point, and uh, I think I butchered that cliche. <laughs> hey, it's all right. Gunfighters get shot. It's, hey, just, man, how you re- it's just how you respond. Is that what, who, who said that? Was that Vince Williams? I had no. No, that's Mike Tomlin. That's Mike Tomlin. That's a Tomlinism, man. Gunfighters well, get well, shot. said it after the – the Eagles game yeah. uh, when I asked them about Miles Sanders breaking off the 74 yard hey. run and in the moment Gunfighters I had get no shot, idea baby. what he said so I strayed away from using that in print somebody <laughs> and Bacco I think you're uniquely positioned right as I mean just a a credentialed media member a respected media member that covers the Pittsburgh Steelers but you're still young and hip enough at the same time someone needs to write the book of Mike Tomlinisms uh, you Uh-oh. might be you might be the guy Bacco you might be the guy that's Territory has been delved into in the past. Like, I remember even the Post-Gazette before I was even uh, – I don't even think I was a sports writer at that point. I might have just been, you know, writing the headlines on the copy desk. But someone did, like, a, a tracker or, like, a word cloud or something of the most used Tomlinisms. I might have to look that up. I mean, it was spurred by the uh, the superfluous use of obviously, but there was some other stuff <laughs> thrown in there as well. So. <laughs> Well, we but just know grow by the year. You know, there's new ones all the time. Absolutely. It's ever-evolving. 100%. But we know that the cover of that book would just be a barn with red paint, right? It better I mean, be. Obviously. Well, yesterday, Randy Feetner told us you can't fight City Hall on something. So, uh, what? I don't even necessarily what? know what he's talking about. But. <laughs> he was watching too much Batman, you know, Bane, you can't Bane, fight out, City Hall. Bane out in front of the City Hall building. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, our guest here on the Steelers Blitz. Let's talk about... I guess kind of along the same lines of how the Browns have made their bones on offense. They're running the ball 53% of the time, I believe, is the split, uh, particularly in the fourth quarter. Guys, I've you know, been doing some research, mm-hmm. and it feels to me like it's pretty obvious that they don't trust Baker in those situations. If you look right here, right, his pass attempts per quarter, 42 in the first quarter of games, uh, 59 in the second quarter of games, 33 in the fourth quarter of games, and in five games in the fourth quarter, Baker Mayfield has only attempted 18 passes. It, Backo, is this a team that has to play with the lead and, and run the ball and control the clock? Is is it as simple as that for the Steelers that the recipe is to make Baker Mayfield try and beat you? Don't let them jump out to a, a lead and control the game? I mean, that's the recipe, but but no, I'm not going to say that they, they can't play from behind. You've still got weapons on that offense, like Jarvis Landry, who has given the Steelers fits many times in the past. And although he was just sent home from practice with an illness, uh, <gasps> according to some reports out of Cleveland, Odell Beckham, assuming he is healthy <gasps> between the lines. you breaking Sunday some news here for us, Mr. Backo. Yeah, I'm not uh, breaking that news from Berea, Ohio, but that's what the uh, the, the reporters with boots on the ground there are saying. So uh, that is something to monitor for the next 24 hours, I guess. But let's just say Odell is healthy, uh, has a little stomach bug today. He's a big play threat. We've seen it in the past. We saw it against the Cowboys 
So, no, I, I'm not going to say that if you get ahead early on the Browns that all of a sudden you're chopping their legs out from under them. I, I think they could still uh, make some big plays through the air, although, you know, like we said, that's, that hasn't really been the formula for success for the team that's leading the league in, in rush percentage. Yeah, so sticking with the Browns and um, obviously talking about this matchup against the Steelers, where do you see the Browns being able to give the Steelers the most challenges in this game, offensively and defensively? On the offensive side of the ball, I think it is just going to be their ability to, to run it with Kareem Hunt. The Steelers have been susceptible at times to big plays on the ground. They've been uh, you know, as, as good as any defense in the league against the run overall. Uh, but we saw Melvin Gordon gash them a couple times with Denver. Uh, David Johnson had one or two scampers, and you know we – all know that Miles Sanders had a highlight reel worthy play Sunday, probably because I wrote a big story on him in that day's post-gazette. But also, there were schematic issues for the Steelers on that play as well. So the Browns can exploit that. They're a better running team than the Philadelphia Eagles, which tells me they could have more sustained success over the course of 60 minutes. On the other side of the ball, the team is banged up when you look at the Browns' defense, but obviously Miles Garrett is a guy who can you know, just take a sledgehammer to your game plan and what you want to do offensively. If he's breathing down Ben Roethlisberger's neck for four quarters, then it's going to be tough to get guys like Juju uh, in space. It's going to be tough to throw downfield to the breakout star Chase Claypool. So that's what you've got to look for uh, when you're evaluating this matchup of Steelers' offense versus Browns' defense. I do think that the Steelers still have the edge there overall on paper, but Garrett's going to be hungry in this one, and he leads the AFC with six sacks. So it's easier said than done trying to take him out of the game. Yeah, how does that look then, you think, uh, with Miles Garrett? Obviously, uh, listen, guys, we don't need the, we don't need the low-hanging fruit on this show, all right? We talk X's and O's around mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, like you said, he could wreck your game plan. He is certainly one of, if not the, you could argue, finest pass rushers in the National Football League. What do you think is uh, is kind of the mantra for the Steelers? Is it a lot of the same um, throwing short of the sticks, getting the ball out of Ben's hands? Um, is it a lot of maybe Vance McDonald's going to be on whatever side that Miles Garrett's lining up on? How do you think the Steelers go about, you know, not stopping him, but certainly slowing him down? Yeah, I think you have to do all of that. You, they were able to minimize J.J. Watt's impact on the game a few weeks ago. Miles Garrett's a better player than J.J. Watt at this point in their careers. I don't think that's a hot take. They were also able to minimize the the impact of that Eagles defensive line that is uh, more of a collective group than than one stud, although Fletcher Cox is really good in his own right. But Miles is just going to be a different beast than anyone they've seen thus far. And, and yeah, you're going to have to get the ball out of your hands quick. If you're Ben Roethlisberger, you're going to have to try to establish the running game to an extent just to keep them off guard. And, and yeah, a lot of chips with with Vance. Uh, I don't know if Eric Ebron can help you a ton in that department. Hopefully for them, they'll have Derek Watt healthy. He's a guy that will come in and, and smack a, a pass rusher real quick and then uh, sort of get out into the flat and give you a safety valve too. But is he healthy is, is the big question with him and being able to utilize him in the game plan. So uh, it's going to be a, a, another week that, that maybe Randy Feetner has to, to get out his tools and get that kitchen sink ready for the Browns. All right, now, this is my last one for you, and it has zero to do with this matchup. <laughs> it does have something to do with a former Pittsburgh Steeler, running back in particular, Le'Veon Bell. Just narrowed his list down to the three teams that he would like to go to, Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, 
and what was that last team? Chiefs. And the Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely the Chiefs. I've heard of them. So. <laughs> I've heard of them. What, what, what's your prediction, man? Where is he going? I think the Chiefs just seems like the obvious move at this point. I mean, on one hand, you think, do they really want to sort of mess with the mojo there coming off a, a Super Bowl win where they didn't have kind of the big name running back carrying them? And also, they're off to another good start this year. Raiders game last week, notwithstanding. But if he really is about winning right now, Moats, and, and wants to go to a contender, then that is the, the obvious choice. Um, you know, who knows if he'd want to potentially take a back seat to a rookie in Clyde Edwards Alaire. The Bills are another team that maybe they're the right mix of contender and prominent role for him. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's always been tough to sort of predict what he's going to do. Certainly didn't think he was going to sit out a whole season a this couple years true. ago in Pittsburgh, and, and yet he did. So uh, I'll say the, the Chiefs, but I don't feel real strongly about any of those three. All right, well, I'm hoping you're feeling strongly about your Browns prediction, Mr. Backo. I'm not. He's about to jump a 40, bro. Not to hold your feet to the fire here, but, you know, I'm looking at our sheet here because we're keeping receipts all year. We're at the quarter pole. Uh, Mr. Backo, you're 1-3 with your Steelers predictions. I mean, I think all of last year you might have only gotten two or three wrong the whole year. Well, listen, listen, don't jinx him. He's hot right. right now. Let him keep going. Because he was guessing right last year, and the team was doing so, bad. So, wait, we didn't decide. What, what is the spread that we're going? Backo, you can have input on this if you want to. What's the spread that we're going with? It opened at Steelers minus four? That's where we're going. Is that where, fair? Wherever it opens. Absolutely. Is that fair, Mr. Backo? Is that agreeable? I mean, last I saw was three. If you want to bump it I to thought, three and a half. I thought three and a half would be fair. That's what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. three and a half? Come on, I, man. I always like half points anyway. I do, too. because then you can't have, half then, points. But then you can't have a tie. It's nice, I know, though. but I don't right. like half points, All right, man. we're going to go. Th- I'm with Bacco. We're going to go three and, three and a half, because that way there's no possibility to tie. Uh, Mr. Bacco, you won week one. You got week one correct. You've been uh, striking out ever since. Your prediction for Sunday, 1 o'clock, Heinz Field, Steelers, Browns is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sunday, Heinz Field, 1 o'clock, Steelers-Browns. Okay. Okay. I got that right, didn't right. I? Did I mess that up? It sounded like you did, but all right. I mean, I'll be there, so I hope you're right. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> well, guys, uh, I am struggling right now. Uh, I've also – I think I'm only 2-2 two and two picking straight – no, maybe I'm 3-1 and one picking straight up. But either way, I pick the Steelers. You are 3-1 and one picking straight up. Yeah, yeah. Well – But we're not that easy around here, you know? Yeah, remember my kindness at the, uh, at the top of the segment – and Moats was suspicious right off the bat. Um, we went over the point spread for the Browns, but it's actually not going to matter because I'm taking Cleveland straight up. Oh, oh, yeah. Lord. I just have a feeling. Oh, Lord. Oh, say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. I didn't, hold on. What's the score? I couldn't, I couldn't hear the score. What? I didn't give one. Okay. I mean, okay. I guess I reserve the right to change my mind if Odell Beckham is sick in bed. For no, the no, no, no. You locked in. You locked in. No, he can. Listen, yeah. we don't give. You've got until 2 o'clock tomorrow, all right? Because that's when we give our predictions. So we'll give him until 2 uh, o'clock tomorrow. He predicts on Thursdays. We ain't making no one off of him this time. Well, no. I made up my mind, you know, uh, longer ago than 10 minutes when these reports started coming up. But I guess o- Odell's uh, going to be fine. Me, He's going to be fine. I'm going Browns 30. I'm going Browns 29, Steelers 28. Ooh, a tight, tight, tight one. 29 to 28 Well, Browns. I will say this. I appreciate the respect you put on the defense. I thought you was going to hit us with the Browns 42, 42 to 35. Yeah. 
Hey, I had a real high over under prediction last week. I think I nailed that one. So you did. No, one out of two ain't bad. All right, all right. All, all right, right. twenty nine to twenty. That's the prediction from our resident guest, our no, no, good said, friend of the show. 28, 28. 29, 28. Yeah, 29, 28. Yeah, 29, 28. Twenty nine twenty eight. Twenty nine twenty eight. Did I say twenty nine twenty eight? Twenty nine twenty eight. Now you got me second guessing myself. Twenty nine twenty eight. Backo says Browns win. Direct all angry tweets to at Brian Backo on Twitter. Uh, he's kind enough to join us at this time every Thursday. He doesn't do cap. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. Read his work in the Post-Gazette. Hear him here every week. Mr. Backo, we appreciate your time as always. Sure thing. I might have to change my number now you, you, or at least turn off the <laughs> Wi-Fi. You, Later, guys. you traitor. <laughs> Brian Backo, I tell you what, he hey, takes the Texas. He keeps it spicy. He does keep it, keeps spicy. it spicy. You know, I already know the drill. Tomorrow, uh, before we get out of here, Moats and I will sing some songs. We'll give our prediction for the game as well. Uh, he is correct. NFL Network. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find an actual tweet. Ah, here's one. Uh, Aditi tweeted. So here we go. Reliable source. Brown sent Odell What's Beckham Jr. King Kabbalah. Okay. I know you did that on purpose. You thought you were going to trip me up, huh? I'm, I'm go- Listen, Mozi, you forget I was a hockey play-by-play uh, broadcaster. It's a great last name. I'm used to those crazy last names, okay? In <laughs> hockey, you got a lot of crazy last names. Aditi King Kabbalah of the NFL Network. Brown sent Odo Beckham Jr. home with an illness today. Head coach Kevin Stefanski says. All right. Oh, they got that Rona. No, oh, I mean no, it, it's it's that, that, that it's that time of year. It it yeah. it could be just a it can be a you know regular well, I mean, stomach it, it bug, was somebody bug else that we just saw was dealing with sore a, throat, a things like that, illness and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. No, it, it is definitely that time of year, and that's going to be one of the things going forward. Is for the next few months, next what four months in wintertime. Mm-hmm. Anytime anybody gets a cough or gets sick or isn't feeling great, it's going to be oh no, we're going to immediately right. go to the the pandemic. But yeah, hopefully, all jokes aside, this is just. You know, he's not feeling well for the day. And you know what? Maybe if, you know, it's it's still sticking with him a little bit on Sunday, that's okay, too. But right. nothing serious. Uh, but, yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. did uh, did go home with an illness today. So good uh, on Brian Backo there for bringing that to our attention. We will continue the Steelers-Browns conversation on the other side. You want to hop in on Twitter, at Wesley Euler at the Body 52 The Body. Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. You know, Arthur Motes, that Baker Mayfield, he thinks he's pretty dangerous. Well, he did wake up feeling dangerous. He, he, ain't, he ain't dangerous. And I got the proof for you. All right. Here's where the matchup is, Arthur Motes. It's a good-on-good good matchup, and I know it's not Friday, and I don't want to steal your five-star thunder, all right? Mm-hmm. But you also know that last night, you know, I'm doing some prep for the week and things like that. You know I do my research. I got my notes. You know, I got opinions on everything. Mandatory. Good-on-good good matchup. The Browns run game versus the Steelers run defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Browns lead the NFL in rush yards per game, 188.4. That's a mm-hmm. lot of cheddar on the ground. Uh They've also had a double-digit lead in the second half during every single one of their victories. So those two things play hand-in-hand, right? When you're ahead, you run the ball more often. Um, But they are, I think it's safe to say, a a team that likes to operate with the league, and with the lead, pardon me, and goes a little bit deeper than that, too. They, you hear a lot of times, you know, in the NFL in 2020, Arthur Motes, that you pass to set up the run. Not in Cleveland. They run run to set up the pass. 
uh, only your boy Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill, the only two quarterbacks in the AFC uh, with more play-action pass yards than Baker Mayfield this year. Shout out, shout out. All right. You combine that with, man, the Steelers are, are really stingy against the run on defense. They're only allowing 64 rush yards per game on average so far. That's one of the best numbers in the league. Uh, in their base defense, get this, Moats, the Steelers are allowing just one point. Four yards per carry. Love to see it. 36% of opposition runs have gone for no gain or a loss. Arthur Motes, that to me is is something to keep an eye on. There's going to be a lot of talk about Baker Mayfield. There's going to be a lot of talk about Ben Roethlisberger and Miles Garrett and Chase Claypool and Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Man, it's the Browns run game versus the Steelers defense to me. That mm-hmm. is going to be, that's the number one determining factor to me. Yeah, man, it's going to be huge. That's how they like to operate. They, like you said, are run first. Play action pass is where Baker is at his best. Because yep. um, he is you, athletic. Yeah, when you watch him on tape, anytime he's having to stay in the pocket, you're looking at more short to intermediate throws. That's where he's the most successful at. When he has to stretch the field, starts to get a little dicey in terms of turnovers, reading the coverage and things on that nature. But the play action pass that that's when they want to do what they do best but it's all predicated off of that run game and I mean they legit this year have had a three-headed beast in terms of Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson now obviously with uh with Nick Chubb being injured Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson have been able to continue to keep that ball rolling and I think it's I mean Coach Simon talked about this in his uh presser on Tuesday it's the revamped offensive line that they have yeah they went out there between free agency and the draft these past two years, they've done a really good job of revitalizing that offensive line. You look at a guy like Chris Hubbard, who they paid big money to be their starting right tackle, now has been playing a little bit of interior O-line mm-hmm. and things like that. But mm-hmm. when you get a guy like Hub, who has starter capabilities, but now he's your backup, your, your guy that's filling in, your depth has gotten a lot better. Absolutely. So I, I think that's the, a, a big portion, too, in terms of why they've been able to be so successful on the ground. And Ultimately, why they're sitting there four and one right now. We've yeah. seen the other version where they try to throw it forty mm-hmm. times and how that works off for mm-hmm. them. Baker Mayfield led the league in interceptions last mm-hmm. year trying to do that. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Jedrick Wills, uh, who they drafted out of Alabama, yeah. has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you and I, when we were kind of doing, you know, our our summertime when we were looking for content and there was no football going on, but we were doing three hour show every day. We talked a lot about the teams around the division. We had a day, you know, where I think we did probably a good 40 minutes on the show, kind of deep diving into the Browns. And that was one of the things we talked about, how they had invested in the offensive line, but is it going to pay off, right? Because Jedrick Wills, he played exclusively right tackle at Alabama. Mm-hmm. They asked him to play left tackle. So far, so good. He's looked really yeah. good. He's been the most impressive rookie offensive lineman, I think, no, without a doubt. I, I think to this point. And, and to give context... Even when we're hyping him up and we're saying he looks really good, he does without a doubt. That's not saying that he hasn't given up pressure. Right, he hasn't right. given Because like, I, I feel like a lot of times we say that, people look at it as if this guy hasn't had. Like, well, wait a second. He gave up a sack yeah. last week. It's like you can have a bad play here or there. Like, but, Particularly as a rookie Right, tackle. but the majority of his plays he's been out there. He's been solid. He's been really, really good. And that's, like you said, the biggest difference. But And we talked about Jack Conklin a lot, too. Absolutely. But yes, you can get pressure on game. him. You can yeah. get pressure on oh, him. Oh, absolutely. But trust me, like, dude's good. It's no different. We talk about Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson, I mean, one of yes. the best O-linemen in the league, right? right? He gives that up pressure. That he gives just, up – like, it happens. Just because Cam <laughs> Hayward had a, had a great game right. against him doesn't mean that Quentin Nelson stinks. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, you're right. They've invested in the offensive line, and they needed to. They've got the tools in the backfield, even uh, without Nick Chubb, as you mentioned. They have still kept that that train moving on the ground. Again, I think they're one of only three teams in the NFL that has run the ball more than they have thrown the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ravens are the other one, and Seattle is it Seattle maybe? Buffalo maybe? No, no, not Buffalo. Or maybe, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just the Ravens and the yeah, Browns. Because I must say, I know for a fact Buffalo they they've been more pass first right yeah. now. Yeah, like they do the play action, but it's not. It's different than how Cleveland. Like Cleveland, they want to run the ball three or four times, hit you play action. Buffalo, they'll play action early, just once. Yeah. yeah, and then after that, they're like, oh, we're throwing it the rest of the time. Like, it's just different in terms of how they're operating right now with their play action. Yeah, no, that's a good call by you. Uh, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, our number one in the books. We're going to come back here for our number two. Keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler at the body 52 The body. And you know, Arthur Motes, we've had more and more uh, participation on the Twitter.com as the weeks have rolled along here into Absolutely. the season. Shout out, shout out to the Power Grid, the Megawatts for that, man. And we love it. And so, right with that, I think probably as I see more interaction on the Twitter, I'm thinking that we're getting some more listeners. Maybe we've picked up some new listeners in the in the last couple weeks. Welcome. Uh, you are welcome. We we love your tweets. We love your feedback and your participation. But we also want to let you know, and it's been a few days since I've plugged this. I don't even know if I have it all this week, actually. Uh, if you miss anything from the show, you know, if you're just joining us, if maybe you catch us on your lunch break or while you're driving somewhere or, or doing this or that, uh, if you want us on demand, baby, mm-hmm, anytime, mm-hmm. free of charge, uh, just wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, we're we're not everywhere. On, we're not on Spotify, okay? Because there's uh, the, there's the yeah, direct iHeart yeah. and Spotify competition. Because we yeah. do get that tweet from time to time. I can't yeah. find you guys on Spotify, so maybe I shouldn't say wherever you get your podcast. We, everywhere that you get your podcast, besides yeah, Spotify. Good, good morning, to everyone, but Spotify users. There we go. How about that? <laughs> because we, we're in the iHeart Radio family here. Yeah. All right. Um. So yes, yeah, Steelers Blitz with a Z uploaded every day, commercial free, on demand. Uh, you can listen to it when you're commuting to work. You can listen to it when you're working out, whatever it may be. Uh, subscribe to us there. You leave us a nice review. We'll share it on air for you. And you know what, Arthur Motes? We got a nice review. We did? This past week. I know it wasn't from CR. No, it's from our guy Mav. Who oh, tweeted, all right. Who, who, yeah, it, was not, it was not from CR. I mean, he gave us a scathing review last week. Uh, but Mav, who's our buddy who tweets us from time to time, shout out Mav if he's listening right now, uh, he reviewed the podcast Last week, he said, simply the best. Awesome content, wit, knowledge, and humor. I love the human element these guys show. Couldn't ask for more in a world that is so confused. Thanks, guys. By the way, never forget the music. I mean, he just gets us. There we go. He gets the show. So thanks to Mav for that nice review. It's the little Uh, things. Five star or one star if you're going to leave a review, right? I mean, have a take. You either love us or you hate us. It's that simple. Don't don't hit me with the, oh, you're not ugly. You're not cute, but you're not ugly. You're just like in the middle. Like, no, I don't want to be Nope. You either love me or you hate me. You either love us or you hate us. It's that simple. <laughs> I'm either the best thing you've ever seen or I'm the most ugly person alive. Hour number two on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, having some fun. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Victorious. Well, that's good. Feeling good on a Thursday. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. And, you know, Motesy, we uh, 
finally once again have a television in our studio here. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's been a nice development this season. We went all the last season without a TV in the studio. I mean, hey, small victories. We get a TV this year. Next year we might get phones. <laughs> That's right. No phone lines, <laughs> but at least we got a TV. Um, and, you know, the TV's always on NFL Network or ESPN, something like that. And it caught our attention right as we were coming back from break here. They're previewing a high school football game tonight involving uh, Peyton and Eli Manning's nephew. Um, did they have a sp- are there spreads for high school football games? I don't know. I, it like, looked like it. It made me nervous, man. We have some degenerate tendencies, all right? I mean, we do a little a slight gambling pick segment every Friday on the show, right? Like, Arthur Motes and I like to sports bet. Motes, I don't know if I'm betting on high school football. I mean, I... That's that's a lot. I don't need to scratch my degenerate itch that much. I that's mean, geez, Louise. And I know that sports gambling is infiltrating uh, all the major sports. It's, you know, even given another decade from now, it's it's going to continue to be a big thing, and it's a big revenue stream. But at the high school level? You can't bet on high school football. We're going to have high school kids out here shaving points. I mean, you bet on college football. That's true. It's supposed to be amateur. That's true. What's the difference between an 18-year-old that's in high school and an 18-year-old that's in college? You know what it is? What? The free gear. That's about it? Shit. But, but hold, hold, where's the free gear coming from? Because it's a violation if it's coming from the wrong person. Uh, yeah. You know what the difference is? In college, you get the free meal plan. In high school, you, know, oh, you got to oh, pay oh, in the No, cafeteria. no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's giving you the free meal plan? Depends on where the it's school. coming from. <laughs> if it's coming from the wrong person, that's an illegal benefit, baby. That's right. Yeah. Uh... Along the lines of the conversation that we just wrapped up about uh, the Browns' run game, Thrash tweets us here, uh, do you guys think that the play-action pass would still have success even if the Browns' run game doesn't get going? My worry is that the Steelers would still over-anticipate the run game and allow the play-action to work. That's an interesting question, Thrash, because we haven't really seen that situation yet this season. They, I mean, they've other than the first game against the Ravens, they've had success running the ball. I don't know. I, I feel like the Steelers off the top of my head without really doing much thinking about it or research, haven't been gashed by play action this season. I mean, maybe once or twice against the Giants, but again, that Top, was yeah. that was the first week of the season, too. I think you always have to take the er, the first game or two with a grain of salt. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I No, I think they have to run to set up the play action. I do. Is that fair? I personally believe you do. I just, as a defender... The reason why play action works is because when you're having success running the ball, it makes you more conscientious of stopping the run, so you want to get downhill faster. You're not necessarily reading your keys as well as you should if it was a pass center because you're feeling like, man, I got to get down here and take on this guard, take on this tackle, knock off this puller. When the running game isn't working, a lot of times you can just see it differently in terms of hmm. how hard the O-line is coming off in terms of are they low firing out, which is a run, or are they giving what we call elephants on parade where they're doing a lot of chopping, they're kind of bunched up, but they're really not going anywhere. So if the running game isn't working, you can see the difference in the two a lot easier. Whereas when the running game is working and you're constantly getting blown off the ball and you're like, dude, they're like they they're, they're, they're winning a lot of scrimmage right here. Play action becomes very, very uh, prevalent then because it's all going to start to look the same to you because you just right. haven't been able to stop it. Trenton tweets, with Baker dealing with some sore ribs, do you see the Steelers' defense getting after him even more this weekend? I sure wouldn't want to take a shot from TJ with bruised ribs. 
I mean, they want to get after Baker Mayfield regardless. Yeah, I, I don't think the the ribs. Yeah, and that's make it better. That's I just a think they just they want to get him regardless. Right, and that's I mean that is certainly Trenton something to keep an eye on. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yesterday, Kevin Stefanski said that you know, Baker Mayfield's dealing with pain. You know, we're gonna have to evaluate it as we get closer to Sunday. I don't think there's any chance that Baker doesn't play. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Trenton. I mean. TJ gets a nice lick on him. Bud gets a nice lick on him. Then all of a sudden, maybe you get the happy Tom feet. On. We've seen with two as comfortable the in the pocket. Right, right. I witnessed the murder. Right. So, so yeah. But there is there's certainly I think that onus of making Baker Mayfield uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. And I, that I, plays into it. Yeah, as a player, you, just because a guy has an injury, you're not coming into the game looking at your chops saying, "Oh yeah, he's hurt. I'm really trying to kill him now." Like that, that's the spot. Now, I just think in this scenario, they they like their matchups, though, man. Number one, you got a a young tackle on one side. Um, When you're looking at TJ and Bud, I think that they faced some good – they faced some good tackles and they faced some some young, inexperienced tackles. I think for those two guys, though, they're just looking at this opportunity to to really have those type of splash impacts. And they're going to get that chance against a guy like Baker. And understanding, too, the play-action passes like the run – you also know that, hey, some of these players are going to be a little bit longer developing because with play-action pass, it is typically your longer developing downfield routes, especially as it pertains to the Browns in terms of how they like to attack in the air. So if you're the Steelers, I mean, they're excited about that part too because they know Baker's going to hold the ball a little bit. Yeah. He's not the most athletic. Yeah. he can. It is a weird dynamic in that regard because like he can scramble, he can move. But he's not fast. He's but not he's, athletic. Yeah, he's, he's weird. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Josh Allen. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's obviously, he, he he's not Lamar. He's not Russell Wilson in I that mean, regard. I mean, at times he looks stiff when he runs. Like, he's weird. Yeah. But he's like small, so he shouldn't. Yeah. It's, I, don't even it's know weird. If, I don't even know if he's as good as an athlete as like, maybe not necessarily now, but... Drew Brees was ten years ago. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm for a fact. I don't yeah. see that. That's why, when, like, can he scramble? He has a good fill yeah, in the yeah. pocket. Yeah, but he's not a very good athlete in terms of his mobility and things on that nature. Not as much as we thought he was going to be coming into the league. I think for sure. Well, in because that yeah, highlights a uh, playing WVU. Everybody look great for WVU. Uh, what would, you ta- would you take it easy? Would you take it easy? If I play, if I play quarterback Listen, why WVU, can't you just, why can't you just say something nice about Lincoln Riley <laughs> instead of taking a shot at WVU? I mean, isn't that easier? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, that's I'm all right. I'll forgive you. Uh, we got a ton of tweets, so keep them rolling in. We will answer them before we get out of here as we roll along. At Wesley Euler at the body fifty two. The body Steelers blitz. On SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. You know, Arthur Motes, this is normally the time of the show where we spend a few minutes talking about the Thursday night football game that would be happening a few hours from now. <sighs> we and, and, I mean, it would have been a doozy tonight. Bills, Chiefs? I'd have been excited. You kidding me? Arthur Motes, we unfortunately do not have any Because game. of the Titans, man. I'm because blaming them. Tight, yeah, I'm blaming Taylor Lewan specifically. And, 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 and then we had to play on, the Bills had to play on Tuesday, man. Come on, man. This is what I'm talking about. Golly. He's seeking comfort again, folks. You, you better believe it. <laughs> I sure am. So maybe, you know what, we've got a ton of tweets here. 
uh, on Twitter. Maybe in lieu of uh, Preview Thursday, we just keep this Twitter Thursday thing going. I love going. it. I love it. Let's keep it positive. Let's do it. Uh, Randy tweets here. Hey, guys, I've heard some Browns players saying this game is for Miles Garrett. Do you feel like we want some vindication for what happened to Mason? Okay, the first part there, Randy. Saying this game is for Miles Garrett. That logic is hilarious to me. Like, like he didn't pick up a deadly disease. <laughs> he didn't have a... Like, he didn't get cancer. He didn't have an Alex Smith-type leg injury. In fact, he missed the last six games of the season when his team really needed him, and you could argue if he played in those last six games of the season, they would have at least finished 500 or maybe been in a conversation for a playoff. They went 7-9 mm-hmm. last year, right? Yeah. And that was without their best player for the last quarter, the last third of the season. So that is ironic to me, that, like, Miles Garrett should be wanting to win the game for his teammates. It should be the other way around. He should be the one who's, like, feels like he needs to prove to them to get back in their good graces. And do we feel like we want some type of vindication for what happened to Mason Rudolph? Yes, absolutely, Randy. And let me tell you what it is. It's a victory Sunday afternoon in Hinesfield. We love it. Victory! I mean, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's the oldest cliche in the book, but it's what your youth coach told you whenever there was a guy on the other team that ticked you off and you wanted to go hit him. Hey, beat him on the scoreboard. That's the best revenge. Yeah. And that's true. Beat him on the scoreboard. You're going to get numerous opportunities for in terms of the O-line. If you want to send a message, you can get physical with him. That's the beauty of football. I mean, it's not like you play a sport like basketball where I can't beat you up. I can manhandle you. You, you yeah. want to get – you pancake a grown man – I can assure you, it's gonna feel way better than that if you would have punched him. Yes, <laughs> especially with a helmet on. Right. Yeah. Right. But I say if you if you blow him off the ball 30, 40 times in this game, mm-hmm. I can assure you that's gonna be way better than a than any punch. Any oh, I beat him up because that beat up that that's not football. If you want to no. be a fighter, go join the UFC. Go join <laughs> MMA. Yeah. But when you're talking about dominating a man. A grown man is no better feeling when you look across that line of scrimmage and that man knows. Man, my wife and kids watch me, and there isn't anything I could do about this one. And then he's got to shake your hand and say good good game afterwards. And you could say any greasy, nasty, whatever you want to say to him, disrespectful, and there's nothing he could do about it. It's a great feeling. So if you wanna if you wanna get back at him, that's how you do it. That's that's ultimately the way you go about it. Right. And that's why I love that's why I love the message that we've heard from the Steelers all week as opposed to what we've heard from Kareem Hunt yesterday. This is not win one for the Gipper, okay? He's not recovering from He's cancer. Rudy. Come on, man. Chill out. Uh, he didn't have his leg almost needed to be amputated like Alex Smith. Man, listen, he had a, a lot of hardship last year, man. You know, had, what it, you know what I mean? People were doubting him. You know what it reminds me of when I hear that? It's an old segment that we used to use here on the show like two years ago. We haven't brought this out in a while. But, you know, I got it right here. Mm-hmm. I, our buddy Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I hear that from Kareem Hunt and the Browns, mm-hmm. I just think of Ace Ventura. The who? The her? It's it is it's <laughs> because if you're really focused, if you really got the right mindset, you want to win the game. That and again, that's the, making the guy shake your hand after you beat him is is better vengeance than anything else. Unless you're Tom Brady and he's run off the field. Well, and you well you got to be Nick Foles. I say you don't have to shake the hand technically. <laughs> Te- technically, right, would you take it easy? Take it easy. <laughs> Um, Cedric tweets, love you guys. Thank you, Cedric. Uh, and is it crazy how much the Browns are actually presenting themselves as a real threat for the first time this season? They finally are threat. They don't know how to act right now. It is. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, we'll make our official predictions tomorrow. This is the first time that I'm ever going to give a Brown Steelers prediction where I actually think the Browns have a chance to win the game. 
I mean, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, you're legit about that. Yeah. And we kind of talked about it off air. We, we kind of laughed at ourselves by saying, man, if the Browns were to win this, would we really be surprised? Would this be like, oh, my, such an upset this year? And that's not the case. Like, the Steelers are going to have to play good, sound football mm-hmm. in all three phases to get the job done. And like I said, we'll break it down a lot more tomorrow. But this is definitely a game where you can't just go in here saying it's the same old Browns because as it stands through five games, they are not the same Browns. The way Stefanski has those guys operating, this is what happens when you actually get a competent coach yes. with talent. Yes. You, you get this. And to me, that that's the part that I'm enjoying. But I'm I'm really enjoying it because, man, was I, I love rivalries when when we can get it back to both yes. sides being good. The Michigan Ohio like, State like, thing is not fun, right? That's not fun. That's like not this fun. right here, we're enjoying this because we're like, yo, it's a legit game. Like we don't know how it's gonna play out. Like we see some things that they do that's gonna give us some issues. We got things that we can do that's gonna give them some issues. Mm-hmm. You don't have the whole caveat of a well, you know catches he, he's gonna find a way to mess it up or he, he don't know what he's gonna do right here you know what i mean like you, you don't have to deal with that right now so that's why for me i'm excited about this matchup man 100 100 let's get uh one more tweet in here before we go to break shane first time tweeter he says well welcome Ooh, to the party welcome, shane welcome uh he's got a three pack of questions here and he you know what he he must know about three three question thursday hey he's a good guy uh is juju smith schuster still the steelers number one receiver in my opinion, I don't think the Steelers have a legit number one receiver right now. And that's okay. And and, and, and it's fine. And actually, I think it benefits them more so than if they did. But the reason why I say they don't is because, number one, who have we seen dominate from start to finish against a top-tier corner? When I think of number one receivers, we know what a number one receiver looks like in We've seen it. We have. And we know the attention that that draws from the secondary, whether you're going to have their best corner follow you around where you're going to draw two, mandatory, every snap. We haven't seen that with our guys. Even last week with Chase Claypool, did he have a great game? Yes. But was Darius Slay following him around the whole time? No. We saw Darius Slay line up on Juju. He lined up on Deontay. He lined up on Chase. He lined up on James Washington. When when we see the guy that is drawing all the attention on a week-in, week-out basis and is still having success and, Mm -hmm. and winning clearly, that to me is when we will know who our number one receiver is right now. You can say any of those guys for the sake of a name and the sake of a label, but in terms of who's the legitimate number one, we don't know just yet because we haven't had the opportunity to see it. I mean, last week was probably the best defender in the secondary that they've seen this year in terms of Darius Slay compared to the the, the people that were rolled out there with the Texans, the Giants, and the Broncos. So in that vein, that was cool, but we still haven't seen them against better secondary competition. Now, these next couple of games, though, when you're talking about the Browns, when you're talking about the Ravens, when you're talking about the Titans, well, they're a little bit better yeah. on defense. In particular, they, they they got some guys in the secondary as well. So I think throughout these next couple of games, we'll see who emerges as the guy. But I don't think right now there is a true number one. But the reason why I say it's a benefit is because for Ben, Ben operates now – in terms of just I read the defense, I go where the defense is saying, hey, verse cover four, I should go right here. Verse cover one, I should go here. Verse three, I should go there. On And compared to the contrary where when you have a number one receiver, and it's not just Ben. We've seen this from guys like Aaron Rodgers with Devontae uh, Adams. We saw it on Thursday night with Josh Allen kind of forcing it to digs a little bit. Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. When you have that bona fide number one guy, you're going to take more chances to get him the ball. So even if he's double covered, 
even if the coverage says I should go over here, you're going to still force it there because that's your guy. You have that right. rapport. And that a lot of times has led to Ben having some of the turnovers that he's had in the past. Whereas this year, you talk about him having a 10 to 1 ratio. This is the lowest amount, I mean, for a long time for Ben as it stands today is largely because of that, because he's not having to just, oh, man, my mind is already made up. I'm going to my guy. Right. He's just saying right now, all right, well, let's see what the, what, what the defense in. All right, you know, I'll check over here. I don't have to worry about making sure this route goes to this player. I can get this route to the right player. Like It doesn't matter which one of you guys. I just know it's supposed to be to the front side, so I'm going to call it for this guy now. So to me, that's why I say it's, it's a, actually a benefit right now that he doesn't have a bona fide number yeah. one receiver. I think so, too. That's well stated by Professor Motes there. And my most elongated voice. My bad. Uh, my bad. Shane, second question. Your favorite Steelers-Browns game. Oh, I know this for me. This is easy. What you got? 2003 playoffs. It would have been the 2002 season, but it was early 2003 when it was played, right? That's the only time that the Browns have won at mm-hmm. Heinz Field was that season, and they beat up the Steelers. This would have been 2002, 33-13. Uh, I was 11, 12 years old at the time, right? I was really starting to become right. a Steeler fan. Like, this is one of the first seasons I remember vividly, and it was the first year of Heinz Field. The Browns beat the Steelers by 20 at Heinz Field earlier in the year, but the Steelers end up winning the division. So for the wild card round, the Browns have to come to Pittsburgh. Browns jump out to that big lead on the Steelers. Tommy Gunn Maddox brings, hey. brings the Steelers back with uh, with Chris Fumatamalafala scoring the game-winning touchdown at the very end, that will be my favorite Steelers-Browns game forever. And uh, another quick side story about that game. You'll like this. Two years ago at training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this would have been 2018 at training camp. Uh, Alan Fanica was out at training camp for a day. And he came and he sat down and he did a radio segment. I think I was on with Matt Williamson at the time. Okay. You know, he just did like 10, 15 minutes with us. And Williamson asked him, favorite, just favorite single moment of your NFL career if you had to pick one. Mm. And Alan Fanica said, standing in the tunnel, 2003, waiting to be introduced before Steelers-Browns, the wild card game at Heinz Field. He said at that, he said at that point, he said, I had been an NFL player for, I think, four years at that point. Mm-hmm. It was my first playoff game. It was our first year in a new state-of-the-art facility. Right. The fans were jacked up. Like He was like, I remember being in the tunnel waiting to be introduced in that atmosphere. And Electric. he's like, and he's like, I get goosebumps talking about it now. He's like, I remember thinking, this is this is why we play football for these for these that. moments right here, waiting in the tunnel to be introduced before that game, and 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 that was an epic game. I like that. I like that a lot. For me, um, favorite Steeler Brown game moment, 2015 second game, last game of the season. We have to win to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, the year before, obviously, we had one in that last week against the uh, the Bengals to clinch the division. Then we ended up hosting a playoff game. But for us younger players, that second year, 2015, we felt like it was more on us because we had more prominent roles sure. across the team. So for me, like I remember going out there and we're saying, like, yeah, we got to win this game. Like This is a, a very, very important game for us to even have an opportunity to get in the playoff conversation. Sure. Obviously, we needed the Bills to beat the Jets, which they ended up doing. But during the game, it didn't happen until like the fourth quarter under two minutes when the Bills were able to get the turnover and ultimately win. Mm-hmm. So throughout the whole game, you're having the emotions of you're hyped because it's your game. Right, right. But you you have a little anxiety because, okay, I don't have control of what's going on in the other stadiums. But then you're like, well, hey, man, we still got this. This is like a heated game. We still got to make sure we take care of business. And then for me, you know, going out there, I was able to have two sacks, have some impact plays in that game. 
like that was so awesome. I just remember looking up fourth quarter, four minutes left in the game, seeing the Jets winning, and we're like, dang, man, all this for nothing. So even though you have a really good performance, right. even though you're winning, you're like, oh, man, well, it's not going to matter because at the end of the day, we're going to miss the playoffs. Right. And they're going to, and I remember th- having these thoughts like, man, when I came here through free agency, the Steelers had just went back to back eight and eight seasons. We are able to break that cycle, go to the playoffs when we lose in the first round. So you're like, man, I want to, you know what I'm saying, like right. do something to make it even better. Sure. And now you're sitting here on the brink of not even getting to the playoffs. So you're going through all of that. And then I remember that feeling of, okay, fourth quarter, less than two minutes now. Mm-hmm. And they flash up that Bills Jets scores, yep. Buffalo ball, Buffalo scoring, Buffalo wins. And in Cleveland, you see in the terrible towel start to wave and you see everybody going crazy. Yeah. And I remember at the time, I didn't even look up. I, it took me hearing the crowd going nuts for me to be like, well, it shouldn't be happening. It's a TV time. Why is everybody going crazy? And then it shows. Right. And I'm like, oh, we're going to the playoffs. Let's go. And I just remember, every, man, that game ends us going into the locker room and going absolutely nuts because it was such a big deal. We're like, yo, we're in the playoffs now. Yeah. And for us younger guys, you talk about me, Vince Williams, Shazier, um, Bud, Jarvis. Sure. Like, all of us are just like, yo, we, we're we part of this. Yeah. We did we this. Going. Whereas yeah. the year before was more so you still had Troy out there. You still had Timmons. Sure. Sure. You still, you know what I mean? So you had the older guys. So even though you're out there, you're more so just like the the uh, the the, right. the extra piece. You're like the underclassmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas the following, it's like, oh no, this is on us we're now. We're the seniors, we're, and we we're did a part this. of this, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so it felt a lot different sure. in that regard, man. So yeah, for me, that was like my it. my favorite Brown like Steelers it. moment. Uh, last one from Shane. Favorite burger. Mine's always one that I make on the grill myself because you know you just you know mm-hmm. how you like it. Yeah. Uh, but man, I'm a sucker for Five Guys. Okay. And if we're being completely honest, mm-hmm. you know this. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for Big Macs, man. <laughs> I, okay, okay, okay. I am. Yeah, I really like Burgatory, too. Burgatory's top-notch. What about you? Favorite burger? Uh, for me, it's either Burgatory or Five Guys, and it's simple, too, man. Give me burger, give me bacon, and give me barbecue sauce. Simple. I like it. It's super simple. When I Wendy like started, it. Wendy started doing it, I said, y'all stole it from me. because <laughs> No, no, and this is the true story. I worked at Wendy's. Year. I worked at Wendy's, man. When I was in high school, I worked there for two years. And this is before any Baconators, before any mm-hmm. of that was happening, right? It's just the Dave single, it, Dave's it was double. Dave singles. We used to have bacon though for the uh, for the junior. So so if you would get obviously their junior hamburgers junior for the bacon. kids, you get a junior bacon, yeah. right? So I was like, you know what? Let me put just the burger, put some bacon, this. and put a little barbecue sauce. And now they got whole Baconators out here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh y'all copied the boy. Dave Thomas owes Arthur hey. Boats royalty because I was out there double double Baconator, triple Baconator. Royalties. Wait, I ain't even talking about when I threw the French fries just on that thing. Too. Somebody tell Wendy we're coming to collect. Yeah, she cool. She cool. I ain't tripping. <laughs> All right, last chance to get your tweets in. They're they're rolling in because people are hearing us listen or answer them. Pardon me, people are listening to us answer the there tweets. There we go. You you you, you get, get it I'm together, saying. man. Uh, at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. We'll wrap with some more of your reaction on the other side at Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping a little early today, so to the tweets we go. David tweets, I'm flying into Pittsburgh tomorrow. What's open? McFadden's Grill 36, anything, LOL. Well, David, welcome. 
Um, I believe Southern Tier is still open. I know McFadden's is open as okay. well. There'll, there'll yeah. be stuff open down mm-hmm. there, especially this weekend with the home game for sure. Yep. Yeah, do that social distancing thing. Bring your mask, but there'll, there'll be some places to, to grab a cold one and get a bite to eat without a doubt. Uh, me tweets. Someone, shout out to me. Me is a guy. Someone, shout out to me. Someone's stealing my three-pack question shtick. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You still got a copyright, right? You're still, you, you, you're you're still the original, original founder. Yes, indeed. Uh, AYS asks, pimento cheese or bologna sandwich? Pimento. Bologna. Ooh. What? <laughs> bologna, Don't get baby. me wrong, I'll eat either one. I love a little bologna. I like pimento cheese, though. I love bologna. Bologna. Hear me that. Ain't got date. Bologna. Uh, me also tweets us um, that watching the highlights, uh, watching the, the uh, Browns-Steelers games back from last year, uh, the Browns had some big splash plays but weren't consistent throughout either games. Ben will be the difference maker. I concur. I like it. I concur. Uh, Keith says, sweet, Backo picked Cleveland to win. That's the nail in the coffin coffin for the Browns. <sighs> Steelers win 31-23. Let's go. <laughs> he might uh, be on to something because his record is... Whew. You know, the people are upset at Backo. Uh, Jeff tweets here, it's time to ban Backo from the show. Uh, Move to Cleveland. Giddy. Now, see, Jeff, I appreciate you taunting Backo, but here's the only problem. Backo and I are friends in real life. This is true. You so can't, I don't, wanna, yeah, I don't you, want him to move to Cleveland. Our wives get along. Like, we've got a good thing going. You do. This is true. It's <laughs> very true. And so how about this? We'll ban him from the show uh, around February, March. Does that sound good? I like that. And then we'll bring him back, you know, July, August. Yeah. Depending on if he's on good behavior. Is that fair? Uh, Don Juan tweets, can't wait for the Here We Go song tomorrow. You w- better wake up like Baker Mayfield feeling really dangerous. You know it. You know it, Don Juan. And uh, Harry tweets here, I want to hear the West is big and bright in the heart of Texas song. Uh Uh-oh. All right. So Harry clearly listens to ESPN Pittsburgh as well. Okay. Motes. I've been decent. I I get like like maybe like three callers a day, you know, on the Wesley Euler show or whatever we're calling it. All my callers are from Texas. Texas. Yeah, so I was joking yesterday. Well, you know all the Drake's exes live in Texas. (laughs) Yeah, that's what he told me. Just like George Strait. I must be a big deal in Texas. So I was joking on the show mm-hmm. yesterday because at one point I had Harry on the line right, right. Uh, and Harry lives in Texas and I had Paul in San Antonio. Okay, okay. And I said, you know, wow, you know, the West at night <laughs> is big and bright. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. Oh, wow. That's, that's the West's big oh, and bright. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for the show today. We're wrapping a little bit earlier, but tomorrow, oh, baby. Tomorrow. Five Star Friday. <sighs> Show me the money. <sighs> and you know we're singing some songs. I already got some verses written down. All right, if you missed that in the first hour, I was up early this morning. I got a busy day today. Moats has a busy day today. I'm playing in a hockey game tonight. All right, so I was a little worried, so I started doing some prep work. I had the creative juices flowing. I already got some bars written down, all <sighs> right? So Baker Mayfield, on Baker Mayfield, I'm coming for your neck. <sighs> Miles Garrett, I'm coming for your neck. <sighs> I can't wait. Kevin I Stefanski. Can't wait. Well, you're probably safe because nothing rhymes with your last name. This is trouble to say. If you, if you find something to rhyme with Stefanski. Oh, Maya Lansky. <laughs> Boom. There you go, man. Uh, Real quick, last one. Rudy says, bigger game. TJ Water, Miles Garrett. I'm going TJ. I like his matchup. I'm going TJ, too. Yeah, I definitely like his matchup. I think that um, – It'll be I'll, easier for the Steelers to cue on Miles yes. than it will be for the Browns just to cue on TJ. Very true. And I think that Al has – provided some difficulty for Miles at times. Now, we know last year Miles kind of got after him a little bit, but 
I just feel like that's a matchup that that he yeah. he's good in there. I, I feel like with Al he's right familiar now, with. Yes, yes, yeah. very familiar. So I think that's going to help him out a ton. While the Browns tackles will be seeing TJ and Bud for the for first, first time. First time, and we know. Oh, baby! Exactly. We'll that's talk, different. That's different in stadium. We will talk about all that tomorrow. Five star matchups. We got them. Getting that paper. We're showing you the money. And you know we'll sing some songs mm-hmm. and have our typical Friday high jinks as well. So we'll talk to you then. High noon. And as always. You know where to find us. It's on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.